You're listening to Finn Too Deep. To a back to throw, blitz coming, and get to him. No, he takes off running, and he's he in. It. Touchdown, Miami! With the sixth pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Miami Dolphins select Jalen Waddle. Giving you unfiltered, informed, and controversial takes on the Miami Dolphins and the NFL Draft. Here's Reason and Neil. Welcome back, everyone, as we dive back in Fin Too Deep. As always, we are your hosts. I'm Reason. That's Neil Driscoll. Neil, it's been a wild and tumultuous week, to say the least. Full, Wonderful of shock and awe and a win over the Patriots at home sprinkled in. Um, you know, uh, Neil, uh, man, I don't even know what to say to you. I mean, let's hop into it. I mean, where are you at mentally right now? It's been a crazy time to be a Dolphin fan. Well, first and foremost, I think the most important thing we can establish here is can we please make those throwback jerseys the permanent jerseys? Agreed. Yeah. Uh, I, I legitimately get more excited for a Dolphins game just when I see them. I have deja vu, um, you know, back to the Marino days. I, I love them. I think they are some of the cleanest uniforms in sports. Um, I, I just I, – I, I literally – Every day for the rest of the year, I'm going to start pinging Tom Garfinkel on Twitter and just saying, please, Tom, please. Uh, <laughs> I, if I have to start a petition, I'll do it. But God, they're clean. But yeah, the Dolphins didn't give us much time to rest. Um, you know, I, I think ending the season on a high note, obviously beating the Patriots, you know, it doesn't get better than that at home. And, and you know, it was fun to watch, you know, on the first drive, Waddle break the record. God, Waddle's just so he's just on a different level from any rookie we've ever had um and then you know x getting the pick six the defense making some plays it got a little scary there um you know the patriots weren't going to roll over and die but you know at the end of the day getting that that win um you know i you know not making the playoffs sucks but look they won eight of their last nine games that's amazing yeah. it, 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 you know it's amazing um you know especially where you, you look at some of the moves that they made in the offseason that didn't pan out. When you would, if you told me that they could win eight in that last night, I don't, I don't care about the quarterbacks they played. I, I, I love that everyone tries to find like the the argument against something, right? They won eight in that last guy, eight of the last nine games. The Dolphins don't make the schedule and they don't go out there and pick who plays for other teams. Like they have to play who comes up against them. You know, winning eight in the last that, that is going to be nothing short of remarkable. Um, you know, we all know, and we've said this on this podcast for weeks, like that Jacksonville loss was going to rear its head. Yeah. And, and it did. And at the end of the day, it sucks, but that doesn't take away from what they accomplished. But now, obviously, there's there's the, uh, you know, the Pedro yeah. uh, Serrano curveball came. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, we're all trying to figure out now, like, where do we go from here? Because we didn't, I mean, we, you know, we didn't even get to soak in this win very long. Yeah. Victory um, Monday turned into Black Monday pretty quickly, yeah. right? You know, and I think that, you know, when we looked at the season at the halfway point, you know, you and I both were advocates for moving on from Brian Flores. Um, yeah. and, and he kind of won us back. And when it's contagious, it changes a lot. Like, look, you know, people call us, you know, knee jerk. See, I don't know if he really won me back over as opposed to me. He did uh, as, as opposed to my stance was he's, you know, whether I, whether we want, whether, you want it or don't want it. I'm not you specifically. I'm talking about people in general, whether you want it or you don't want it. The seven game winning streak. We all assumed bought him at least another year. 
That's I, where you know. That's where we are. That's where we were. Like whether you want see this season has really. I've stepped back, Neil. And you know we do this. You know you write articles. You did your work with PFN. I do inside the NFL. I've really started separating myself from the fan. Like I don't say we and our as much anymore. I say Miami and Dolphins. You know what I mean? Like sure. And, and so with with this whole thing, you know, with the Flores thing. I step back. It's same thing with the Tua thing. I've stepped back and I've said, listen, it doesn't matter if me or you want Tua. It right. doesn't matter if me and you want Flores. It's what Ross and Greer want. Well, ultimately, they did what Ross wants, but it's what they want. You know, like, and I know you've had people say this to you, right? You know, you know, I consider me and you decently plugged in. You know, we've got our people. Yeah, we're not at we're not at we're not pretending to be Adam. No, 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 no. By any stretch of the imagination. Yo, know, like- no, dude, our job is yo, listen. Me and you get told things. We convey the stuff we can convey to, to, to people because we want to inform. Like, that's our job, to inform and educate as best as possible. That's what we try to contribute to this community, right? Like, that's literally what this all comes down to. So, I don't know. when, when The thing that I've been told by multiple people is like, listen, the Dolphins don't give a bleep what any of you want. They don't care what the fans think. They're going to do what they want to do. Sure, they'll put on the optics of, okay, people complain that they want more fanfare at the tailgating and in the deep end. Okay, they'll, they'll, but when it comes to the football decisions, the on-field product, they do not care what we think or want. They're going to do what they want to do. So it doesn't matter, you know, if me or you want to keep two. It doesn't matter if me and you wanted to keep Flores. It's up to them. And that's why I've really stepped back and said, listen, I tried to tell these people because all these people get emotional and, you know, like I know you had your reservations at the beginning about the Flores thing, but I'm looking on Twitter here and I'm looking on you. We got like, I'm ready to send about a, like a couple, couple crates of Kleenex out here. Like yeah, this is bring Dr. Phil on ridiculous, here bro. Like people are out here acting like we lost like freaking the dawn. I'm like, what is going on? Like, you know, as and this is where it comes to, you know, with Flores and with Tua. We're heading into Tua's third year. Just like we would have been heading pre-fire firing into Flores's fourth year. Guess what? Tua, third year, still has to prove it to us. You know, the furthest we got this year with him was not declaring him as a franchise quarterback, but saying he's shown that if you build around him, he could be your franchise quarterback. Well, I, think, like, okay? like, I think he's on the cusp. I, yeah, I, exactly. Okay, so we can agree on that, right? Yeah, well, absolutely. the same thing with Flores. Flores was heading into the fourth year, and guess what? It was another prove-it year, Neil. We knew he was going to have to turn over the offensive staff. We knew he was going to figure out the offensive. He's going to have to figure out the offensive line, the run game. And a thing that not a lot of people were accounting for, Neil, was as hard as he was in on Watson. Guess what, Neil? He couldn't have afforded Watson and reason. What do you mean by that? Well, I'm going to tell you, Neil, this is what I mean. What I mean is he couldn't afford another slow start. He needed either a quarterback that was going to start day one. And we know even if he gets cleared of everything, he's going to serve some games. He needed a quarterback that was going to start day one, or he needed to build that offensive line, finish off the receiving core and build a running game and find a viable backup, not Jacoby Brissett, that could at least bring you to 500 for the games Watson missed. Or what would have happened, Neil, for the fourth year in a row, if Watson would have said, let's say he got eight games, he knocked it down to six. If we would have started off one and five, 
That guy would have been a dead man walking anyways just with Watson in the building, and Watson would have ended up under a new head coach anyways. Like, these are the depths people aren't thinking about that they need to think about. Like, this was a much broader situation. We were staring down the barrel that even if we got Deshaun Watson, if because we all can agree we do not trust Brian Flores to build a competent enough offensive staff and a competent, competent enough overall offense. But we were going to trust him to figure out the four, six, eight potential games that Deshaun Watson could miss to build a viable enough offense to bring us to 400, 500. So when Deshaun comes back, it isn't two all over again in the sense of, oh, hey, kid, we're one in seven. Knock right. yourself out. We need you to win the last nine games of the season right. to get us to the playoff. You know, dude, just as it wasn't fair to Tua, that would not be fair to Deshaun Watson. I'm sorry. Because like I've said before, if y'all think I'm the biggest Tua fan in the world, wait till we trade three firsts and two seconds and a couple of bodies for Deshaun Watson. We will have never had that kind of investment in a player ever. I will be on their asses, the new regime, and I would have been on Flores' ass to properly build an offense from coaching staff to personnel-wise around Watson. And you know what? If Tua stays, same expectations, okay? So, right. you, you know? You're, you're right on, man. And I would say this. I, at first, the Flores firing stung me. But as more and more of these stories— Because it was the came, shock, Neil. You didn't expect it. That's why. Yeah, but as the stories came out, and I see more of this mistreating of players and, and of men— Yeah. It, you know, I, I think the Dolphins are the one franchise that can't afford that more than anything coming out of the bully gate. And, and I know it like kind of came off as a sometimes to some people a light situation. But the fact that you had a Pro Bowl guard racially slurring and bullying a teammate is such a bad look for an organization. And, you, you, know, you know, you know, you have this scenario with Flores. The Dolphins got to clean up these stains yeah. on their franchise and start heading in the right direction, right? Like they need somebody yeah. to be the face of this franchise that oozes confidence that this is close yeah. to the Miami Dolphins that we saw in the 80s and the 70s because, you know. In the early 90s. Right, yeah, because yeah, Brian Flores actually as a football coach, and he had his limitations, like not building the staff, was so damn frustrating. And honestly, I share the sentiment that you have that I don't know how much better it was going to get. I actually think his win-loss record for what he inherited here and the play that he had gotten from the offense was actually impressive. But I think the move that we missed here, because you know the move that fly at Brian Flores is what it is, it had to be that Chris Greer was let go was to, for me to be the perfect move because look yeah. what the Vikings did. They got rid of Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer. Mm -hmm. It just... You had to cut the head off the snake here because, like, I, I think the biggest He's been lie, around for too long. Yeah, the biggest lie to me in the Dolphins fan community is that the Dolphins didn't try to build around Tua, right? They draft, they drafted. Oh, they Austin. tried. They just failed. Like, That's they it. failed. Austin Jackson, yeah. Will Fuller, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, spending the number six on Jalen Waddle, which I think is a brilliant move, but that's an investment to support Tua. So, like, they tried, they failed. At the end of the day, like. I actually view this as an opportunity to kind of be rejuvenated. Um, I, I feel a little bit less pressure on the team right now. Um, I just really do because we've been here so many times, reason with the Joe Philbins, the Cam Camerons, uh, you know, Tony, you know, Tony Sperano, all these new coaches. Sperano, I, I like Tony Sperano. So I'm not I love Tony. You yeah. want to meet Taz? I love Tony more than than Brian Flores, and yeah, I like yeah. Brian oh, Flores. Yeah. Oh, me, me too. And honestly, it's to be honest with you, I'm on record before this summer, and I started getting plugged in and hearing things behind the scenes. I was on record as saying that 
Brian Flores was the most invested I've been in a coach since Sperano. Yeah. But then I started hearing the things coming up behind the scenes and it was like, it started giving me pause and not just about two of the other, like the other players, right? Like, you know, I heard, you know, I heard a lot of veterans were watching the X situation play out because there was a feeling in the, in the locker room. And I reported this, those receipts already out there. You know, the feeling in the locker room was that, you know, Flores, he doesn't get along with veteran guys, guys that understand the business. You know what I mean? And, there was a lot of there was a fracture going on where a lot of veteran guys wanted to see how the X situation was handled because they didn't believe you'd get paid. Now we all know what the, how it went. They had no intention of paying him, and then they saw they what a disaster to. Noah was, and they, they had, had to pay him, right? right? Right. So, but like you know, you 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 see the breadcrumbs, Neil. Like me and you, you know, uh, we pretty much you know it's it's pretty much common knowledge that. X and Byron don't even really get along. And it's not just the money. It's like X kind of looks at him as, as a Brian Flores, like different personalities, you know, man. Just well, well, he's kind of look at, he's kind of looked at as like Baker, Jerome Baker. This is what well, people can take it. However they want Jerome Baker and Byron Jones were viewed as the biggest Flores teachers pets, right? Like that's, that's, that's like a fact, bro. And you know, I, I get it. I, you know, I get where X came from X, you know, X, doesn't like Brian Flores. I mean, wasn't it telling to you, Neil? Neither does, Neil? Gusecki, neither does Tua. Yeah, but well, exactly. Wasn't it telling to you how Gusecki's like, we're going to throw 40 times next yep. year and win. Tua comes out and says nothing yep. about Flores. Oh, oh. DVPs in, in Instagram comments arguing with people. Right. Even Damon Arnett. I don't know if you saw, someone commented on Damon Arnett and said, oh, uh, we're getting Watson, huh? And he responded to him and said, Tua QB1. Well, no, so I, I think that there's a lot of smoke here. So I, I'll be honest, like, and I've texted you when it happened. Like, I was at first a little taken back to the firing after all this news has come out. And that's why, you know, sometimes, it, you know, I, me as a fan, my fan takes over and I get a little knee jerk. But, like, I, as these things come out, like, I think the Dolphins needed a breath of fresh air. But the thing that makes it different this time, reason that we haven't seen in all these other instances this roster is really good. good. Yeah. It's really good. And they have a, Crap load of cap space and draft capital. Yeah. That's why I don't believe Neil. These people trying to spew that when people don't want to come here, give oh, me I a break. Like, crazy. like Neil, you know what I took away? Can I just? I just got to say this. You know what I took away from when he said like uh, Tua or whoever it is, and then he said the quarterback position is going to be dependent on the new head coach. I took it as this new head coach he's got in mind, whoever it is. This guy's gonna have more say than Chris Greer when it comes to like. Oh yeah, Chris, Chris know, Greer's just there, man. We, we, he's a facilitator. He's there to facilitate the vision of this coach. But that's, that, yo, dude, that's what's so key. <laughs> Listen, if you get this right, people are gonna be like Flores, who? Because there's so many good pieces in place that if you get a guy who comes in and realizes, okay. That defense, I don't want to touch it. I want to bring in a defensive mind that's going to be able to work with that 3-4 hybrid, those, those those ruby packages and those diamond packages they like to run. I, I'm going to I'm gonna find someone that can do that. Then on the offensive side, someone that's going to realize, okay, I want to build the offensive line. I want to build the run game. And if Tua doesn't work out or if I decide I want to move off of Tua, whoever I put back there, it's an easy fix. They're just stepping right in because it's already solidified for them. Like, and you got the money to do it. And oh yeah, Neil. I biggest offseason in in uh, Neil. And I say this no egg monogamy. 
What's the what's the line on him not being a dolphin next year? Yeah. What's the, what's the line on Austin Jackson being shown? Eh, you're out of here, kid. Right. And Eichenberg being said, yeah, you're relocated. You're a backup at best, kid. Jesse Davis, you're the door, bro. Someone's gonna walk in. They're gonna look at our starting offensive line. They're like, okay, I can use Dieter at guard, and I can use Robert Hunt at guard. The rest of you jabronis. Gone. Get on the same Uber that Brian oh, yeah. Flores. Well, and on. I think that you go with uh, Eichenberg and Solomon Kinley as backups. Yep, like, exactly. <laughs> I, yep. But I think you need between the draft and free agency three starters. And, yep. and, and I don't think and I don't think you can sugarcoat that any other way. So yep. yeah, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a fun off season. But the game because you're even hearing Neil. You're even hearing what tells me that they're they're fully like into maybe like flipping the whole offensive line. Bro, you're not even hearing just tackle names. You're hearing interior names James right Daniels, now. Daniels, a name that I was told directly. Uh, Chicago Bears came out of Iowa as a center, has the versatility to play guard. I mean, dude, I, I just sent out a tweet, actually, with my top 100 free agents, and I was so excited to see the quality of offensive linemen, not just at the top. I mean, you can keep – you. Can, I put 100 free agents out there. You know, go check it out. I mean, there is a there is a surplus of offensive alignment in free agency. At Neil Driscoll on Twitter, go check him out. Guys. Go go get it in free agency, man. Let the draft picks be. If it's Watson, it's Watson, and I don't like I like I'm not ready there to go there yet. Let's see what the coach is, and let's see what he wants, right? Yeah. But it, it, for me, it's build the best offensive line, evaluate yeah. the quarterback. Is there fix a fix the running back room? Well, and and the guy who I like reason my the number one guy that I want to free add, agency or are you talking about draft between the draft and free agency? Lombardi, Lenny, you going Lenny? No, the number one guy I want is Nicobe Dean. I I want that. Oh, guy. I thought we we're talking about running back. I okay. just want that guy in the middle of yeah, this defense for the next ten years, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You know what the problem is, bro? If they bring in an offensive mind because of how far along our defense is and because of how good our offense is. I would not be surprised if this is a very offensive heavy and like offensive heavy off season to the point where, you know, they might be using that high coveted pick uh, where you need to grab Nicobe on an offensive player. Like I just, I'm preparing awesome. for, I'm preparing. I, I agree with you hundred times. I like him better than Devin Lloyd. I think he's Me too. the number one linebacker in this draft. He's my number I, five overall player. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think he's a stud bro, but I think if we get like a, because we got so many holes on the offensive line, so many holes behind Waddle, and we got basically no number one running back, they're going to look at it, especially if we like, you know, if we get some high price free agents, we're not going to have enough free agent money to fill every hole. I can see, especially an offensive mind coming in, coming in and like, you know, like, and just like, and I'm, I just see that my how it might go, bro. What, I, once we get a coach, I think you and I can do one of these uh, shows and do it like a free agency. Product. Yeah, we'll know where they're going. We'll, we'll have an idea. Because, like, you know, I, I'll just say, like, a guy like if it's Mike McDaniel, and we'll be talking a lot about him in a little bit. We're like, taking a running back in the first three rounds if it's Mike McDaniel. I'll tell you that right now. And, and, and at left guard, you could pencil the name in Lakin Tomlinson because he, under that run game, has become an upper echelon guard in that system. And, and, and like, honestly, like, I, I love we'll, – we'll get there. We'll get there. The game itself, the Patriots, right? Like, yeah. what a fun way to end the season, man. The hot start, Waddle getting the record, Tua throwing that beautiful touchdown in the, the corner. Pick six. Yeah, the pick And six. what a play. Like, what a play by X. Like, he totally bailed from his assignment to undercut another route and basically take over someone's assignment because the route was close to him. Like, what instinct, you know, and, and you know, 33-24 win, um, you know, Tua – 
a 15 to 22, 109 yards, a touchdown. Mac Jones, 20 to 30, 261, one touchdown, one interception. Duke Johnson, 25 carries, 117 yards, 101 touchdown. They should have fed that man in Tennessee. I'll die on that sword. Um, and, you know, you look at the time of possession, the Dolphins, 33, over 33 minutes, 33 minutes, 36 seconds to 26 minutes, 24 seconds. The Dolphins had 195 rushing yards. I mean, how are you going to run the ball 43 times on an okay Miami day, but you're only going to run it under 20 times on a wet Tennessee day? What happened over here, bro? Like, if they would have had this, if they, no listen, identity, man. They, yo, yo, no identity. Neil, Neil. With you saw with, with Tua and the passing plays they were calling, right? You saw the offense the way it was rolling. They put out the offense they should have put out in Tennessee, Neil. That was literally the game plan we should have seen in Tennessee, and you would have been able to. You put up thirty three points against a better defense, right? You're, yeah. you're, like, are you crazy right now? I literally watched these guys, Neil, in Miami weather, trot out the exact game plan. They should have used in wet, sleet, like snowy rain weather. Like, I'm like, no wonder this guy got fired, bro. Like, no wonder. Yeah, and and it's, you know, I I like, look, I don't think Tua as a passer had an amazing game. No, but they didn't ask him to. But you're 3-0 against Bill Belichick, and young quarterbacks struggle against Bill Belichick. I saw Justin Herbert do it. I saw Lamar Jackson do it. Like, you know. At the end of the day, I care more about wins than I do about stats. Neil, and like where to have failed taking sacks before the half and all that stuff. When the game, but there was nothing down. But if you watch the all twenty-two, there was nothing downfield, yeah. and he was forced out. And let me just tell you this: I got in an argument with someone on Spaces yesterday about this. Dude, the NFL is not about big, sexy, gaudy numbers. You know what it's about? efficiency so that tom brady's whole whole career is efficiency it's i'll kill you from the short to the intermediate level from one to 20 yards i will kill you passing the football and then there's gonna be three four five throws i gotta make that are challenging throws whether they're towards the sideline or over the top of you that i gotta make through a duration of a game that if i make those throws they're gonna determine the outcome of the game with my efficiency like dude i got into an argument this guy was trying to tell me or oh, look at the bucks last year da, 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 da. i'm like bro look at how That's they won. look at how they won the super bowl if you look at the super bowl they didn't ask tom brady and these guys to throw it around the field he was efficient bro Look at how we got beat in Tennessee by Ryan Tannehill, and look at how they they've climbed to the number one seed without Derrick Henry. All they've asked Tannehill to do is be efficient. Don't turn the ball over. Make the throws when we ask them to you to make them, and that's it. And when they present yourself, make them. That's it. Well, Take what the defense gives you. Don't turn the ball over. Don't give them. And like that's what people need to understand. And now I'm not. I'm just. I'm just using Tongue Valoa as an example efficiency is what's going to win. That's what's going to win you games, especially in the playoffs, man. That's what people need to realize. And I think he deserves more credit for this win because with the chips were down and the game was on the line, like look, running his legs, bro. We haven't seen those legs since Arizona, bro. Yeah, that dude, I felt a little bit of that magic again that I saw in Arizona. That tour that I saw in Arizona was the guy, if you remember the next morning, the conversation that Dan Orlovsky had on ESPN was that he saw a future MVP in this league, not a franchise quarterback, a future MVP yeah. in this league. And Tua has to show us way more. 
Way oh, more. I agree. We all agree. Way more. He deserves credit for this win. Look, I'd rather have my quarterback have the performance two I had and throw three fifty-four touchdowns and have a loss. So at the end of the day, I, it, it is what it is. The, we're going to be analyzing Tua all offseason for, for today. And if this was his last game as a Dolphin, which I don't know, and I don't think any of us do at this point, that is one hell of a way to write a chapter. And hopefully, you know, you know, for me, where I am with Tua is that if you don't get Deshaun Watson, and I, there's not another quarterback that's yeah, it's Watson or bust, bro. Yeah, there's not another quarterback that I want over him because look, I'm not going. Aaron Rodgers isn't coming here. You know, and he's going to be 40 anyways. We don't know when he's nose diving off that cliff. Like, bro, that guy looks like he came out of the bush every <laughs> after every offseason. He doesn't eat and train like Tom Brady. And like I said to you privately, bro, like I love Russell Wilson, but he's 32. Kirk Cousins. Oh, these guys need the exact same stuff around them that Tua does. So yeah, it's like, what I, are nope. you going to take? Paying these guys $35 million or just get the pieces anyways? See if the guy on the rookie contract's good enough. And if not, next year you got two first-round picks. And like I told you, dude, I really think, you know, over these last two off-seasons, there's been quarterbacks available. Dude, this is starting to turn into the running back position where they're saying, hey, we want to win on these young contracts. And if you're not one of these top five, top eight guys, top ten guys, we can we can find someone else at a cheaper rate and, and we can go win out there without you. Like, this thing's turning into, like, all this Stafford, you know, got Lamar Jackson might be available next year because they might not want to pay them right now, the rumblings you're hearing out there. Like, you look at all this, you know, Tom Brady a couple years ago. Who would have thought? Um, You know, Watson available. You know, just you look at all this and it's like, you know, Russell Wilson. Who would have thought he would be coming available? Aaron Rodgers was available last offseason. Green Bay just didn't want to pull the trigger. You know, like, who would have thought all these guys would be coming around, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's honestly, for me, there's two avenues. It's it's make the bold move and go get Watson. It's Watson or bust for me, bro. Or you go with Tua in year three, you surround him, and you give him everything he needs to be successful, and you say, Tua, this is the ultimate test. Your third season, you should be healthier, you should be stronger, you should be smarter, you should understand the game more, you should have everything you need around you. Now it's time to put up or shut up. And and that I'm great with either avenue. Um, I'm okay with either avenue. Um, but let's get that coach, and let, let's let them make that decision. Let's see, Stephen Ross. Sit behind the desk. Chris Greer, you know, go say yes, sir, to somebody. At yeah. the end of the day, let's let this coach come in here and make this hiring. So, you know, hey, we won, beat the Patriots, swept them. Someone said Ben uh, Bolin or whatever how you pronounce his last name, a broom, because I'm so tired of him ripping yeah. on the Dolphins because he used to write for us. Clown. Uh, yeah, I'm so tired of it. And, you know, hey, it's going to be fun, man. I mean, yeah. we are – so what are we, in mid-January? So we are two months removed or away – from probably one of the biggest Miami Dolphins free agencies, and we can say this almost every year, it's Groundhog Day. Bill Murray's walking past me right now. But, like, I, 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 this is so huge because just when the Dolphins gave you a little bit of faith, their coach got let go, and it seems like that's warranted at this point. Mm -hmm. But, like, this hire, this free agency, where we are at this crossroads right now, I mean, it's really going to shape the next five years yeah. of our golf and fandom. So let's talk about this. So, Oof. so some of the candidates that 
they've publicly announced and requested interviews for Brian Dabble, the Buffalo Bills OC, who has the Alabama ties. Mike McDaniel, the 49ers OC, who they chased last year um, when he was, I believe, the passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach, and they were chasing him to be our OC. And then uh, LaFleur left and got promoted. The guy's a legit genius. Uh, and you know how I feel. Like, he's my favorite. We're going new. He's my favorite guy. Uh, Dan Quinn, Cowboys DC. Um, also, people remember he is the former Atlanta Falcons coach who famously yep. blew the 24-3 lead. But <laughs> this guy was smart enough to got hire guys like, oh, I don't know, Kyle Shanahan as his OC. So he can put together. He's a defensive mind who can still build an offense. Kellen Moore, um, he's a hot name. I think he's too young for this right now. Uh, he's the Cowboys OC. Vance Joseph, the Cardinals DC, who I personally, I don't know about you, I want nothing to do with. Nope. Um, and then Leslie Frazier was announced tonight, the Bills DC. Yeah, I'm not excited about that. So if we're going, and you know, here's the thing people need to remember, Doug Peterson, like we talked about earlier, he doesn't need to be announced because they don't need to formally request anything. Same thing with my other, one of my favorites in the search. You know, for me, it's, you know, I, I like, uh, obviously I'm Team Harbaugh, um, but you know, I like Jim Caldwell and Mike McDaniel a lot. Um, I could, I could be okay with Dan Quinn, and I could be okay with Doug Peterson if he learns from his first time around in terms of what went beyond this behind the scenes. But you know, Jim Caldwell, man, I got to talk about this for a second. I don't think enough people are putting respect on this man's name. I mean, you know, this guy, he's won two Super Bowls as an offensive coordinator. He's been to, he's one of the few rookie coaches when he was a rookie coach when he coached the Colts to that Super Bowl loss to the Saints. Like he's one of the few rookie coaches that has ever gone to a Super Bowl in their rookie seat in the rookie season coaching. Like, you know, people need to put respect on Jim Caldwell's name because Jim Caldwell sure, can build the sure. can build the staff too. Now I get he's 67, but Nick Saban's 70 and Dolphin fans look inside of you. If I said we could bring Nick Saban right now, Y'all would be right. We'd, all forgive. Saban, <laughs> We'd all be forgiving him <laughs> because you know, he would take care of your offense. You know, especially him, if he moves off to a, we all fall in line. And you know, he he can, he, there will be no misstep with our defense and our guy like Saban. And the reason why I like guys like McDaniel and Harbaugh and Caldwell, and even I'll give Dabble this credit because he saw him as a freshman. Those guys, whatever decision they decide on Tua Tungvaloa, whether to stick with him or to get rid of him, I support 110% because I bow to those guys in their offensive knowledge. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like Dan Quinn, if he brought in an experienced offensive coordinator, which I think he would, one that we all respect, and that guy came in and said, yeah, I don't know, we got to go, or, oh, I can work with them. Again, I would respect that, and I would roll with that. You know what I mean? I think the problem, what people need to realize is, my floor is with the end of it, we didn't trust him or his staff to properly, not just evaluate Tua, but the whole lot, we couldn't trust them to evaluate offensive linemen based off. I mean, we could go over the draft, but I mean, go to free agency. Jermaine Illuminor and Skur were in their building. They got rid of them, and they were very productive for their other teams that they went to, and they let them. Those are proven guys. They let them walk. Absolutely. You know, receiver room, other than, I mean, we can trust them on the waddle, but beyond that, we got a lot of question marks. Running back, I mean, we trusted them for three years when they kept skipping on these guys. And then it ends up they had to get the scraps off the, uh, and I hate calling Duke and Lindsey scraps, but that's what they were. Uh, and that was and, all Brian Flores ignoring the running back position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, that's and you know, I kept that. hearing the Patriot way, Neil, and I'm like, the Patriot way wasn't Sony Michelle a first round pick? 
Wasn't right. Damian Harris and wasn't he drafted in the first three rounds? Wasn't Ramondre Stevenson well, drafted in the first three rounds? I'm looking at this. I'm like, buddy, you know, we, we, we took we Hunter taking, Long. If we would have taken Jonathan Taylor over Noah Igbenogany, we'd Don't be talking started, about a playoff bro, game this week, right? 2019, when I came into this community, my my three players was banging to the table for because we had three first round picks was get Tua, right? Make Agreed. sure you get Tristan Wirfs because yep. I had Tristan Wirfs as my OT one in October 2019. And my running back one was Jonathan Taylor. And my safety one was in in October 2018 was Antoine Winfield. And we passed on both. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool with passing on. Sure. I'm, I'm cool with passing on Winfield because we got Holland. And that's a guy I was upping in this community for a couple of years in the YouTube community, especially. But the Jonathan Taylor, man, you know, I got in the arguments with people about DeAndre Swift and all these guys. And I'm like, listen, other than this guy, I want AJ Dillon because you look at AJ Dillon and a Boston College against stack boxes, it blows your freaking mind. But Jonathan, Taylor, you know what? You remember what the knock was on Jonathan Taylor? He can't catch a football. He can't. Oh, yeah. catch. And I was like, dude, this guy is a legitimate three down workhorse. And we're nit like, this guy's worthy of a top 15 pick. And we're nitpicking. And the fact that we, dude, and this guy is a legitimate. MVP candidate. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, if the running back position was valued like it was in the Emma Smith days, he probably would be. Uh, one guy that I did like too that I want to throw because I, I did like Jonathan Taylor. He was my running back too. My RB one was J.K. Dobbins. I thought that was going to be the pick when when we That's had what they the, wanted right. That's who like and Ray, people and don't realize took him right before Ray yeah Martin. yeah because, you got Raekwon Davis, which I'm great with, but um I wanted Raekwon Dobbins was my number three DT in that draft, but. If you actually like, you know, I don't know if you ever heard that, but apparently the J.K. Dobbins was one in our back because we took Hunt and they wanted to take Hunt. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's see, I, Dobbins is a guy who I think is going to flourish in Baltimore. But next look at the week. arrogance! They thought Dobbins would fall to fifty-six. Are you crazy with me right now? Yeah, the arrogance. Yeah. These guys display. That, that's my issue. I don't know whether it's Greer or Flores, but especially with the running back position, and you look at the draft. Neil, it comes down to legitimate arrogance. These guys thought the guys were going to fall to them. And then in 2020, your big draft day trade is Matt Breda. When the 49ers, Mike McDaniel and, and Kyle Shanahan, are, they, don't make, want them. They, they steal, they, they, they send Breda here and they steal Trent Williams for peanuts. And, right. he's, and he's the best. Left tackle in football, well, and we he, can't get that right. And we could said we drafted Austin Jackson. Oh boy! Well, I'll say this: I think Trent Williams was the best player in football in the whole league this year. I like, I agree. And, I agree. and I don't say that lightly. He is murdering dudes out there. I mean, he yeah. is he is the best left tackle in football. I don't oh, yeah, even know, I don't even know if it's even close. close. But yeah, man. Uh, like, look, we can look at the draft, and, and, and it's crazy. Like uh, the running back position is something we definitely need. Like actually, this year though, like. I'm great with Jalen Phillips over Najee, and I'm great with Javon Holland over Javante Williams. I'm cool. So you know what I mean? Like I, I cool. get it, but like I, I do think that. But you look at Najee's production, Neil, and you say, and it was a bad offensive line. And you're like, oh yeah, ah. Uh, but I love you know I love me Jalen Phillips, so I'm fine with it too. Yeah, I think I think we got three studs. But yeah, yeah. man, I, I think you nailed on the coaches, and there's a lot. I our 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 school of thinking here is, is very very similar. If you had to ask me. What is your top five list? Number one would be Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I've been told directly that that is not going to happen. Yeah. I, I hope that something changes. Um, you know, you know whether it's his wife on the west wants to be on the west coast or what. Uh, I, I actually think that like when it all shakes out, that he's going to get paid a little bit of more dough and stay at Michigan. 
My second coach that I want is Doug Peterson, and, and, and there's a really specific reason. The guy, if you look at this list, the question I ask myself, can this guy win the Super Bowl? Well, I know the answer is yes with Doug Peterson because he did it with Nick Foles, a yeah. backup quarterback. So if you go out and get to Sean Watson, here's a guy experienced at winning the Super Bowl without and navigating through the season without his starting quarterback. I think that's thing. I think his ties to Marino does matter. The staff he could build, maybe Daryl Bevel and Mike Zimmers, his coordinators that come with him. I mean, there's a lot of value there. Now, look. He's been out of the league for a couple years. Like, you know, we'll see what happens. But I, I like him a lot. The guy who is intriguing me more than anybody right now. And, and I, I, I've been banging the table for experience. But Mike McDaniel gets me so excited, man. I, I, I think he's a visionary on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's actually a special, um, you know, uh, architect of the running game. And I think what he could do could accent Tua Tungavaloa like mm -hmm. exceptionally well. Yeah. And, and if it's not Tua, like, you know, sometimes the most um, sophisticated. Imagine if that guy got his hands on Deshaun Watson. Uh, I mean, I, I think sometimes, uh, you know, we, we get too excited uh, about like these like outrageous guru pass and attacks, but like, look at the things that Debo Samuel has been able to do oh. in San Francisco. And, that guy is, is, can I ask you, is he the, do you think he's the most underrated? I think he might be the most underrated player or receiver in football right now. Like he does yeah. not get enough top 10, not, not yeah, like, man. like, he He's, he's legit. Awesome. He just doesn't stay healthy enough, right? But yeah, he's, bro, he's a game changer, Neil. He's all he's awesome. I, I think sometimes simplicity is the best form of sophistication. Like the running game and the concepts that we see McDaniel come up with, they're creative, but sometimes they're just sometimes they're just basic, but you know, very well taught. And, and I think yeah. that's really important. I, I like I worry about what staff he could bring because I, I I just don't know his. I guess. just worry about the defensive staff. I don't well, worry about the offensive reason. staff. Yeah. Like so, here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. Say we get Mike McDaniel, and he's okay with keeping Josh Boyer because because you know who I'm afraid to lose more than anyone is Gerald Alexander. That's, uh, I agree too. So imagine like like is there a possibility where McDaniel's like, look, I watch this team from the outside. The defense is great. You know, boy, you could call the plays. We'll keep the coaching staff is you know intact. Uh, you know, because you know the whole offensive coach staff needs to go. Uh, regardless, I, I like, agree. I don't care who the coach is. The maybe, only one I'd even consider bringing back is Charlie Fry. Yeah, I can see that. Like, is and a, that's only if I'm keeping Tua. If I'm not keeping Tua, I got no need for this. Yeah, guy. no need for him. But like, I, like maybe there's a synergy there. Or, you know, where you, you could keep. Josh Boyer, because at the end of the day, like I do, I'd be I do that. fear if our defense takes a step back because I know you know people talk about where they rank and they did give up crucial passes and stuff and stuff, but they were elite when it came to turnovers. Twenty-seven turnovers, five defensive touchdowns in a yeah. season, and they were two sacks away from creating their all-time sack record in the franchise history. Like you know, that's that you can't ignore those type of numbers, right? But I, I, maybe there's a scenario. But uh, Mike McDaniel is more and more standing out as the guy for me. Um, and then I like Dan Quinn, and I Are do. Are you surprised like we haven't heard anything about the coaching staff yet? No, like we haven't even heard that anyone's leaving with Flores resigned or anything. No, because it's still really early in the process. But I like I, if Flores gets hired, then I think you'll see some poaching on the defensive side of the ball. But it won't be Josh Boyer, right? Like we saw what happened the the last time they were on television together. Um, but I, losing Gerald Alexander really scares me now. Like for me, like I, and I don't. And that's why I think he might try to elevate. That's who I think he'd try to elevate to bring over.
Well, you got to think about who's the defensive coordinator for the Giants. It's Patrick Graham, and he left Miami for the same position. Same, uh, yeah. He did gush, gush about how great and respectable he thought Brian Flores was. But it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I don't really care. About I love Gerald Alexander out of what it, the stuff he's doing with Cal and like Ashton Davis and stuff there. Oh, I, I, he, I'm so worried. worried. I'm so worried about losing him. But like, yeah. we have these five names, and I had kind of power ranked them. But I'll be honest, like. The guy who's intriguing me the most at this time is Mike McDaniel. I, yeah, I love I that agree. young offensive guru mind. Yeah. I think it's something we've needed. Like we and people will be like, we did that with Cam Cameron. Jeff you know what's crazy, Neil? These guys I, weren't these the same level as this guy. They were older guys that have been. You know, if we would have learned this kid last year as our OC, we probably wouldn't even be talking about firing, firing Brian Flores right well, now. We, we, again, I think we probably have a game this week. You know, like that's the that's how close this team was. I mean, like it, it, it it's ex- like I'm at the point now, man, where I'm excited about this coach hire. I, I, if we get one of the five names, I said now, I, I, let me talk about one guy I'm not a huge fan of, and that's Brian Daniel. I, yeah. I, you know, the reason I don't I've like, heard his attitude is not that great. Well, look, we fired him before. Yeah, <laughs> the Dolphins yeah. have fired him before, and if I think that's a move that screams, I'm, I'm getting this coach for Tua. I, I it's nothing against Tua. I don't care if it's Deshaun Watson. I, I'm not hiring Eric Bieniemy just because I would want to get. Deshaun Watson. I, 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 you don't, you don't make a hire like that. You, you, you don't let one player strong on you in the position. You hire the coach, and then you let them dictate how they want to build a team in yeah. that quarterback room. I, I like, and that's what? not a knock on Tua or anybody. I agree. I agree. I agree. I, what's, I just, uh, what's your Davis, target date? Like, when do you think it happens? Did, when do you? No. When do you? No. Not when. Okay, you can tell me when you think it happens, by but. When do you think it needs to happen by in terms of we are, brother, we are what, just two months away from the league, the new league year opens up and then a month and a bit late, two weeks later is the draft. So like, w- like I, this needs to happen to me like in the next two weeks is what I think. Like, like you can't wait till to me, you cannot wait till after the Super Bowl. Right, and I and that's why, honestly, man, like the team I'm cheering for most this weekend is the Dallas Cowboys because I really want us to get with Mike McDaniel and see if there's that if there's that fit. But um, yeah, I think you have to, and and I think one thing to take for note is is that in three weeks we should have a lot more information on the Sean Watson situation, and yeah. now Albert Breer's in that like, look, the Dolphins aren't out on him because yeah. they did, you know, while Flores was an attractive component. You know, there's so much more that the Dolphins organization offers. And, like, this is from outside. And, like, I know the pundits are running and ripping us, and it's okay. Like, that is television. That's like watching an air episode of Jerry Springer. That's what they you know want. what's crazy, though? Can I tell you what's crazy? The national media is ripping us, but the local media is kind of defending the move. Well, and that's because, but that's because the local media had to deal with Brian Flores on a day-by-day basis, and they saw firsthand what it is. Like, I wanted to talk about something earlier. Like, if you talk to local media guys, you know they'll tell you there's not a ton of evidence about the Bullygate thing, right? I don't know if you know this, but there's not a ton of evidence that backs that a lot of the stuff that was said actually went down beyond those text messages. Like yeah. there's really the not a ton. Like, and I, well, I know, but I mean, in the sense of like all the local reporters who were in the building, they never saw anything like that. Right. So like they didn't know what was going on because it wasn't as big of a, like when the local media is always around you and they don't know what's going on, but the national media gets a hold of it, that tells you that someone leaked it to the national media, but it wasn't a big story before it leaked to the national media because if the local guys weren't really in tune with it, I mean, that should tell you that 
was it really as detrimental as but I'm not defending it. I'm just telling you, like, and you know, and but yet the Patriots, you know, Aaron Hernandez, if you go to if you talk to people in Connecticut, they knew Aaron Hernandez had gang ties and everything before he went to Florida. Like right. they knew he was catching bodies in like high school. And yet <laughs> did but did the Patriots ever get any bad PR or backlash for paying a, a, a known in circles murderer? Bro, we got worse on Bullygate than they got for paying Aaron Hernandez when it was known in circles that this guy had bodies, man. Like that's man, and, a- and I've heard the whole national media thing. I've heard it stems from Parcells when he tried to black them all out. When he well, tried to cut the media out, I've heard that's where this all still stems from is Parcells' re- regime. Yeah, man. I, I I think, like, look, it's the NFL. They're people. You're going to have good, you're going to have bad, and you're going to have in the middle. It's just like anything in life. Look, yeah. there's a statue out front of the Baltimore Radium's M&T Bank Stadium of Ray Lewis. Great linebacker, top five linebacker of all time, maybe the best middle linebacker of all time. Very questionable off the field. Um, uh, you know, I, people forget that he's the most yeah. celebrated football player in Ravens history. Winning changes a lot, and I don't think that just because you cheer for a team or a player that that should address who you are as uh, morally as a person. You know, I'm a fan of the Miami Dolphins. If they went out and signed Johnny Manziel to be their starting quarterback next year, I'd still cheer for those bastards. And I'm just being honest. Like, it would suck, but I would cheer for them. Like, there's not a person or a player that's going to turn me away from something I've been attached to for 34 years. It's just the way it is. Um, I could disagree with other men in in my community, how they, you know, treat their families, uh, whether they're faithful to their wife. I'm not going to sit there and pick battles with them. Um, you know, I, I just think that, like, when you get into this conversation about the Dolphins and, you know, what they explored Deshaun Watson, respecting Deshaun Watson as a football player and, and acknowledging that he's a upgrade to the quarterback position does not make you disrespectful to women. I, I can, not, you know, I don't stand for anything that the man did. I know you don't, you know, no, no, no. The, the people, it's the people that flat out call the women liars that that's to, to yeah, the, it's, those it's, are the it's ones. It's just like, I, I, you got to be in the middle here. Listen, he is innocent until proven guilty. Just like those girls, you know, until they're proven that they're not telling the truth, you have to take what they're saying at face value. So you really got to find the middle ground here. Well, look, and, and I and I got into, I'll you know kind of give a peek behind my curtain. Nothing to do with women, but there was a time where I was falsely accused of something, and it was wrong. And I had my day in court, and it was awesome. <laughs> and I'll yeah. just leave it at that. Um, so, at the end of the day, we had to be really, really careful. I've heard other doll, uh, podcasts, you know, calling this guy uh, a rapist. Like I, I just think that we all try to pay, play this lawyer thing too much. We don't have all the evidence, and, and like I don't. I don't dis. I don't disagree with anybody. Everyone has the right to their opinion, but you know, I like. I just think it's going to be you know this this thing with the Brian Flores. One thing we can all agree on is that no matter what you do in life, it's not even have to be just a coach of a football team. The way you treat people really, really matters, especially in 2022 when there's a camera in your face and everyone's got a cell phone, right? And, and like, even if you're a bad person and you don't care, you're going to get caught, right? But you should care. The things that we've seen come out about Brian Flores, like, honestly, man, like, make my skin crawl. Um, 
You know, I, I want a guy that is a leader of men that that's coaching and is developing people. And, you know, he cares about what they are on and off the field. Actually, I hope he cares about them off the field more because that's a that's a game. That's a business. Uh, their family stuff, lives matters. You know, what we've learned about Brian Flores this week, you know, is, is really concerning. Um, and, the, you know, the Dolphins made the right move by firing him. And and I and I want to say that because I'm a detractor when it first happened. But I, I think that it's the right move. Um, and, and it's this isn't about X's and O's to me. This is, uh, you know, I don't want the guy, the leader of our franchise, being a person who's done the things that we've heard about Brian Flores. And people will say, oh, there's discipline, tough love. There's a level and there's a peak that you can hit where I understand discipline. But when you're straight out disrespecting people mm -hmm. that are part of your organization, you know, that that's called that's a cancer to me. And, and it's time to move on. Um, the next hire, we want a guy who's open who's transparent about what the goals are of this team, who's not trying to be Bill Belichick. Be your own man. Create your own identity. Create a mm -hmm. culture here. I yeah. want to see a guy come in here. More than anything, create a culture. Like, us us Dolphin fans deserve a lot a lot more. Um, and we've had these coaches, and we haven't won playoff games, but not like, look, the results are always fun. The yeah. journey is great, man. Like, some of the best experiences that I've had in my adult life are going down – to a game in Miami, meeting people I've interacted with on Twitter, you know, slamming beers after we score a touchdown, you know, uh, you know, engaging in these Twitter spaces, listen to other people's perspective. Like, you know, we've had a lot of really good times, man. And, and I think good times are ahead. And I just want to see somebody that enhances that culture. Um, and, and then kind of to wrap us up here, man, one thing I want to bring your attention, because we haven't even had a chance to talk about this really yet. Um, Showtime, uh, as a big Dolphins fan, uh, always open in his space. Uh, great dude. Um, him and I jumped into a Houston Texans, um, space last night mm. and two very respectable guys. I, I look, I don't have them off the name. I know that it was filled. A few hundred people were in this chat. Um, you know, they, they definitely work for the team. And the thing that I saw that got me really excited about this offseason, the big domino that I, I want to see fall. They were discussing Laramie Tunsil like we discuss Will Fuller. They're done with him. They want to take him out with yesterday's trash. They think that he's played his last down in Houston, and they think he could be had for a second or third round pick. Let's go right now. Right? Like, so I, I heard this, and, and there were some deeper questions that were just asked, and, and they got into, you know, he, they think he came, became a little bit of a diva out there where he now, you know, is all cared about his fashion and stuff like that. But he's worked in Miami. He was an elite left tackle in Miami. He's a guy that fills your biggest need, and he's in the prime of his career. I also heard the rumor that when the Dolphins were trying to trade for Watson at the trade deadline, they were trying to get Larry Tunsil in the deal. And, yeah, and I, 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 I think it might have been the three yards per carry, guys. It was. Okay. Yeah. So I want to give them proper credit where, where credit's due. But, like, that is very interesting. If that is a stone that we can turn, mm. that is the number one target and we know it's 23 million dollars a year that's a that's a great bargain for laramie tunsil i i would make that move i would make that move if we had to give up our first round pick if i'm being completely honest um i i think that i want to see how that situation plays out because i do think laramie tunsil would be more than happy to come back to miami he was not happy um when he got moved if you remember you know he put some cryptic messages out when it happened i, I mean that to me, one of his can I tell you one of his closest cousins is uh his name's Sean Tunsil. Okay. And he's a subscriber to my channel. 
Oh wow! Are you are so? Are you, would you be in for that move, even if it's a first round pick? Yes, one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, I mean, Laramie Tunsil, if it's a twenty second pick, is better than anyone in this draft. Oh, hundred. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any player. I'm talking about anyone. I, I take him over Evan Neal. I take him over Kevin Thibodeau. I yeah. take him over Aiden Hutchinson. Like, this and is- I know he's told me. Uh, his name's Sean. Like I said, and Sean's told me that, dude, if he ever had the chance to come back, he would come back. He yeah, like so- he, he didn't want to leave. So I, I hope that, that he basically said, you know, that he even Sh- Laramie knew that was way too good of a trade. Yeah, trade no, he's, Laramie said that. Like yeah, he walked in the room, he it. saw, he saw, yeah, he walked in the room, he saw the offer on the board, and he said, I would do that. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what the story was. And, and that's like, so to me, like, you know, I don't want, I think we do a free agency primer down the road, but I, I, let's just do this hypothetical real quick. Say you do a scenario where you hire Mike McDaniel. Mm-hmm. You trade for Laramie Tunsil, which is and, and, I, and I'm going to go off a hundred million dollar cap number, and we'll dive into this more. But I, I think there's releases that you make to get to hundred. Yeah. Yeah, so Tunsil, Jensen, Lakin, Tomlinson. Jesus, I, I, I'm just going to throw those names. Robert Hunt at right guard, and look, dude, I don't even care at this point. Put Liam Mikeberg at right tackle. You got to have somebody who's. You know, I do because if we keep with two, it's our blind. Side. Well, yeah, well, like, and and that's different. So you know, maybe a guy. You know, maybe if you if you keep with Tua, you know who the guy is Daniel Falele from Minnesota. Oh, I love it. And then love you got you got one of the biggest lines of football. But if you did that, I would say that that would probably cost you fifty million dollars for those three offensive players. You would have fifty million dollars still for your draft picks and the rest of free agency. Um, you know, I don't know what the move would be. Uh, I, I personally would say, you know, whether it's the linebacker or receiver, you knock out one of those needs. You know, I'm going to throw a name that I think would be interesting. And I think that the team needs a veteran. And like, this sounds like Madden to me. I just added three pro bowl caliber offensive line. And, and then I'm going to say, uh, the, the rumor is that Bobby Wagner is going to be getting cut from Seattle. Um, so, you know, I, I like, look, it's a pipe dream scenario, but I think the offensive line thing is kind of real. Uh, I yeah. actually think that the Larry Tunsil thing has some legs. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just think there's opportunity to really prove this so that if you like, if you build this team around, whether it's Tua or Watson, right, you can, you can do so much damage in the free agency and you don't really have to lose much on defense. Like, you know, I, I think they Agba and I think it's staying now, man. I really do. I, I would say if Flores was the coach who was out, I think he's staying. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you you probably wouldn't be able to afford all three of those linemen, or you know we'll see what happens. But you know if it, if the offseason consisted of Ryan Jensen, Laramie Tunsil, Mike Kosicki, Emmanuel Ogba, and Isaiah McKenzie, the receiver from Buffalo, that would be awesome for me heading into the draft. You need to go high on running back then. Yeah, well, look, I I think in round three, like we've talked about this, James Cook from Georgia, Zach Charbonnet from UCLA. Um, there's going to be some good names. I like, you know, guys who I like, Brian Robinson, Alabama, mm-hmm. Kennedy Brooks from Oklahoma. There's some guys I, I really like in, in the third, fourth round. We have two fourth round picks. Uh, and, and then I don't know if you caught this this weekend, but the one thing I did hear about the Watson trade was that some of the, the um, compensation was a little uh, outdated. I heard somebody, and I and I I can't clarify this or deny it, but I heard that it was three first round picks and two third round picks, not two second round picks. Yeah, I, I didn't hear that. Yeah, so I I don't know. But, like, yeah, man, I mean, like, it's going to be fun. I mean, this team's going to be, like, this team to me is a – and you look at the the kind of the um, the power rankings of the AFC, they're a fringe playoff team to me right now as it stands. If they get a good coach, mm-hmm. fix the offensive play calling, attack free agency well, 
and utilize that draft capital well. And, and I, I said that wording particularly because if it is a trade for a quarterback, make sure that that works, right? Like if they accomplish those things, reason like we'll forget that we missed the playoffs this year and the Brian, Brian Flores drama. Yeah. And, and next season could be a lot of fun. I agreed. And it's a, not too far away, my friend. Um, oh, we made it through this one, man. What a, I mean, the Dol- I'll say this. The Dolphins, for one thing, right? Like, there was a couple years back, like, to the, after the Dante Culpepper trade, when we was 2005 and Trent Green got hurt, we had Clear Lemons. We were a boring franchise, man. I was going season tickets to the game. We do not, you know, we do not disappoint now when it comes yeah, to – Yeah, now we entertain, bro. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we're like yeah. – we're, we're the gift that keeps going given. And who knows, because I think – I think there's going to be a lot more that comes out of this Brian Flores scenario as the days go on. Um, yeah. You know, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, skeletons are going to come out of the closet. But, you know, hey, man, buckle up. But we made it through the season. Nine and eight, respectable. A lot of work to be done. Uh, let's have an offseason that gets us there. Let's let's we play a meaningful football into January, into February next year. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, guys. So we'll be back next week, and I can only imagine what we'll be talking about next week. I mean, you know, we're we're just this off season has just started. By the way, before we get out of here, who are you rooting for? Um, to, to like, cause like you know, I'm rooting for. I always love me watching some Aaron Rodgers. Um, I, I got the Packers in the NFC myself, <laughs> but I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for Kyler. I want to see Kyler. Oh, yeah. I would love. Imagine. I know it'll hurt Dolphin fans, but. Wouldn't a Bengals Cardinals Super Bowl be fun? Well, it'd be cool to see teams that haven't been there before. You know, but I, I do think that Aaron Rodgers and his greatness deserves another ring. Oh, um, I agree too. So I, I, I'd like to see him. I mean, obviously, I don't want to see the Bucks and the Patriots. I'll lose my mind. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I don't want to see the Bills or the Patriots. I honestly don't really want to see the Chiefs. I'm kind of they've been there enough lately. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what, man? I'm going to say something crazy. I'd like to see Ryan Tannehill, man, get in there. I, I I know that's like probably not what Dolphin fans would expect me to say, but I don't have any ill will to the guy. I, I I'm happy that he's doing well in Tennessee. So if I had a pick, I'd like to see the Tennessee Titans, Derrick Henry get back. Oh, yeah, just in the what saddle. I need. I don't now. I got to be off Dolphins Twitter for like a month after <laughs> that, bro. Yeah, yeah, you're you're probably right. I'll probably be <laughs> I'm okay. good. good. I'm good. But you know, I'll, I'll, like I hope Aaron Rodgers, if he gets there, beats the crap out of him. Then well, I, I, see, I, if you ask me today, I, I think that I think the Packers are the team to beat. They're going to get yeah. healthier. David Biakatari's coming back. Zadarius Smith's coming back. They got Jari Alexander back out there. Yeah, Rasul Douglas uh, from West He's Virginia. Been a beast. He's been a stud this yeah. year. I mean, I, I like, I, and like they've hit some hit like. You know, one of the best linebackers in football this year has been Deva- uh, Devondre Campbell, who I think. Yeah, bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they, they, they've been hitting. Tackle Alan, machine, that guy, too, bro. Yeah, Alan Lazard, uh, you know, uh, the, the receiver from Baylor, Spalt, whatever, uh, I, Marquez, Val, whatever. You know, they, they have, uh, you know, they have a fun team, man. But, like, I, you know, I, I, I'm actually excited to watch some football this weekend reason without the stress of the Dolphins being involved. You know, yeah. get some freaking wings, get a couple beers. You know, I think the first game we get the Bengals, Raiders. I, honestly, man, like, see, I, I don't care that Burrow is in the same class as us and Jamar Chase. Is, I, 
I, I'd like to see them beat the Raiders. Um, I, I, I think Joe, I, like, I, I think Burrow and Chase are fun to watch. So I'd, I'd like to see them win. I, what T Higgins is fun to watch. Joe Mixon's fun to watch. Like, but, but I'm actually cheering for the Bills against the Patriots. Believe it or not, I, I like, I, I just don't. Want I the hope Patriots. they both lose. I hope it's the first time in NFL history two teams <laughs> lose. Again. Yeah, like the glass yeah. breaks and then uh, someone comes out and beats the shit out of both of them. Right? Like, yeah, just stunners everywhere, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. That'd be that'd be fun. But yeah, man, we'll see. But uh, hey, you know. It's been fun doing this through the regular season, but now you know, the real well, stuff starts, brother. Yeah, now now the real fun starts. I mean, we have draft season, we have free agency. Like, mm-hmm. I, honestly, like this is my favorite time of the year coming up between March and April. It's our uh, favorite season. Let's go. Right. Um. All right, man. Uh, guys, we're gonna get out of here. We will see you back here next week when we dive back in Finn too deep. Until next time, everyone, stay happy, healthy, safe, and blessed. Fins up all day, every day. <laughs>